Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Jimmy and I are going to be doing a little bit of traveling this month when we've already been to, uh, to CXC. Uh, but on October 22nd, Jimmy's going to be at the Jacksonville Public Library for a zine fest. And uh, on October 28th through the 30th, he and I are going to be at Baltimore Comic Con. That's the place where we hatched the idea to create the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. We're going to be very busy there, and we cannot wait to meet you if you are in that neighborhood. Kayfabe-tober is upon us, and these are the prompts for you to uh, draw some stuff this current Inktober. I'm going to reshare as much of this material that you guys draw and share with us as possible, and these prompts are pinned to the top of our Instagram and Twitter so that you have easy access to see what the next day's stuff is uh, after we get done recording. Man, just for um, my, my, my own edification, we are on day four of October, and I can't wait to see some TMNT art once we get done with our editing sessions. The videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And these are the efforts that we have on the stands right now. Jimmy has the reprint of Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive from Image Comics is out there collecting eight uh, stories and some of them that you've never seen uh, anywhere but this book. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Madness. The issues are on the stands as we speak and it's going to be getting that Treasury Edition format in early 2023. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, and Red Room Trigger Warnings trade paperbacks are out there in the wild right now. Each volume completely self-contained. Four stories in each volume. Scoop those up. Now that we're done paying the bills, man. Let's take a look at uh, the Tashin uh, Crumb Sketchbooks. You know, you and I come from a time later than those German sketchbooks that all of our cartooning forefathers have on their shelves. And they're pretty expensive. I know Noah Van Skyver was able to complete his, his uh, set, but thousand dollars dude but Tashin has really shown up uh and done justice to the series whenever um the crumb sketchbooks were coming out from fantagraphics uh they were shot like crumb already like sold his sketchbooks to for the house in france yes uh so they were using the german sketchbooks i believe for a, a bulk of uh the stuff in the in the Fantagraphics editions, but also Crumb would change a little bit of stuff in the uh, in the Fantagraphics editions. Change song lyrics coming out of like record players and things, and I think that the Tashin stuff comes from the German source material, if not the original works. It's you know themselves. And this volume is going to cover 1964 to 68. We recently did, and yeah, like look at the the amount of pages you got here. The at least. back cover. Oh, we'll see that image in there again. Uh, this is a key period in Crumb's growth because uh, Zap Comics is going to start to be developed uh, within these pages. And we did that uh, Fritz the Cat story. Mm-hmm. Um, our pitograph. We're going to see what woodshedding is to a master of comics uh, in his sketchbooks because every page a fucking masterpiece. And I don't know that he's leaving very many pages out you know i don't know that there's just like little like wireframe drawings and things like that this guy puts pen to paper stuff happens yeah and if you think of crumb as being one of the important artists not just comic book artist or cartoonist but artist of the 20th century like this time period in the 60s one of the most tumultuous in american history right so it's kind of like to have one of your important artists kind of documenting you know his life what's going on in his brain from this time period it's an astounding document. Yeah. Six volumes of this are out now from Tashin uh, up to about 2011, I think. You know, like fairly recent. 
amazing. He's drawing cars and dating them. Like this is this is the the, the crumb pages that my father-in-law likes. Absolutely, that's the yeah. only ones. <laughs> All uh, rapidograph and no no penciling underneath. Uh, on the hills of our Fritz the Cat video, I thought it would be cool to check out this early volume because he's still using that that vertical hatching yeah, parallel lines on the hatching that he was uh, employing in the Fritz the Cat comic. And he talks about how it took him years to figure out how to how to make the gimmick of hatching work. And I believe in this volume, you see you see him start to like really develop. Yeah, all the freehand straight to ink kind of drawing of this stuff that c could be done very mathematically in terms of the perspective. You get to see him just kind of laying it in from observation or imagination. Either way, it's a very lively style of drawing. Isn't it a beautiful line? I, I, that's the stuff I responded to first whenever I started looking at Crumb was just that line quality. I've seen that photo. That's amazing. And he's, you know, hard enough on himself. Good on, good on the face. Body too small for head. Uh, when these came out, and and when, because uh, those German sketchbooks were like early early eighties to begin, I believe. Um, and when you see the Crumb documentary and you see that he's just going in there with a rapidograph, I feel like that changed everybody's sketchbooks. And we did the Acme Novelty date book, the Chris Ware sketchbooks, and he would have like little notes to himself critiquing himself, being very honest. You know, you gotta, you gotta be honest if you want your, your work to grow. Look at this, dude. Yeah, that's incredible. Richmond Lewis would have just handled all that in color. What I like about his his comics, the 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 art in the comics, really is his um, attention to detail with like supporting materials beyond just the characters. But he also makes note of like the lighting, and uh, and that sort of stuff. Also, his lighting's always pretty accurate. And this is just legit stuff. When he draws a radiator, it feels like a radiator. Yeah, this always feels to me like the stuff when uh, art teachers or anybody's like, draw from observation. It's like, yeah, just sitting in your house. Yeah. Draw the corner of the room. Yeah, and like, you know, that feels very observed. Doing a drawing from life, it's, it's about observation rather than kayfabe, rather than cartooning. And then, and then you incorporate enough of that into your life, then you can just like freehand come up with those things and, and build it into your cartooning and that's what we're seeing here also i really love whenever he does the drawings without any hatching yeah where it's almost just line drawings yeah for sure and especially of some of the people like whenever he's drawing a face with no shading it's a straight up water closet dude. yeah yeah hide the gun up there yeah <laughs> it's cool that they reproduce color as well in this it is We're seeing our Fritz the Cat CIA agent. I had the uh, I had the fantagraphics of this this stuff. Yeah, I think I have the fantagraphics of it. Like nine volumes of his sketchbooks from the fantagraphics stuff. When I see this, it could potentially be around that time where he gets sent to I think Bulgaria um, for Help Magazine to do like a sketch correspondence piece because that you know you ain't getting this in Philadelphia or. Or Cleveland, right? Or San Francisco. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Now, something like this, in the context of 1964, that's the height of pop art. Like it's a it's a pop art influence that that like I don't think he it would admit to openly. Really, be hard to deny it. Seeing that 
these are some of those examples though where there's like no shading in those previous color pages it's just line art you yeah. know what i mean like the faces and stuff i, I find that really compelling because mm -hmm. the fewer lines you have the more you've got to nail absolutely and when he's doing like one line for for a foot and like, an ankle and look stuff, at that foot in perspective i mean that's it feels right doesn't it, it does feel right it makes me wonder even like the one lines on the couch and stuff to me is very impressive but it makes me wonder like how much of this stuff is observational and what what is he making up right like something like this you're sitting around just making stuff up yeah but is he looking at a photo whenever he's drawing this is he looking at models you know photos what's what's he getting there in terms of reference is it a little bit and then she leaves and he kind of right. fills in the rest same with these cars you know like these line drawings it's spectacular to do that with just one line. Yeah. yeah it's evidence of uh, his drawing interests. You know, he, he would talk about Charles would always force him to make comics, but he just wanted to draw, draw period. He just wanted to draw stuff. And he admits to being a drawer where like the drawing comes before the, the, the cartooning for him. Dana, that, that's his first wave. Right. But it's a very cartooned face. Yeah. So like my, my question there is, was she sitting there for a minute and he's drawing her and then she gets up and leaves? Maybe didn't even realize he was drawing her. Although she probably always was aware that he's drawing her. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like it feels like there are pieces where it's like, okay, I started here and then finished this at a restaurant later. This is a character that he developed when working at American Greeting and uh, comic strips with, with Roberto would be in uh, intercompany newsletters and things. It makes sense. It's impressive to me how these cars are all centered well. And maybe they adjust them slightly, yeah. but also like you see the whole car. So he's not drawing off the edge of the page or in trouble where he's got to truncate the back of it. Yes. Yeah, so there's a lot about that observational it's a piece of skill too. Yeah. Cause you're envisioning that space before you actually put anything down. You know, I just have a feeling if you saw the sketchbook page, that's what you're looking at. You know, like this kind of stuff, what are you even seeing here? Cause it's futuristic landscapes but right. you just make all of that up do you make some of it up are you looking at an overpass and imagining the future same with the lettering stuff famous image right here mm -hmm. uh, and I, I love all those mock-ups where it's like it could be a comic book cover or right. an alt paper cover or something that has a cool logo treatments i think we're starting to get into uh pharmaceutical grade lsd <laughs> is coming into his life not government issue <laughs> it could be right <laughs> I, I think he thinks so it's funny to go from those car cars that looked like they're probably referenced to this kind of stuff where it's becoming like cartoon language of these things. And I mean, late 60, mid, mid to late 60s, like Vietnam. Sure. You know, you're seeing this stuff, who knows, on all over the place. Yeah, I think we're there, Jimmy. What do you think, man? Yeah. I think we're there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's time, man. We're in Seems San Fran. Yeah, bizarre. I love his use of type though and titles and like title logo lettering. These these uh sketchbooks. And then the sketchbook comics are just impossible. <laughs> right. The uh the sketchbooks are I think more important than his comics uh, output in terms of where his place is in Capital A art. Whenever um the Comics Journal did their top 100 comics, the sketchbooks had their own entry and it was kind of the same sort of treatment because of just the range and because part of his claim to fame is here's the id let me put this down on the piece of paper and not really censor it and the sketchbooks are almost a purer version of that this kind of distortion of your figure into like 
Giacometti heads or something <laughs> from the giant feet. That's amazing. This is actually reprinted in uh, maybe a Zap Comics or something. So some of this stuff like literally makes its way into press. Mm. Look at that boy. Crazy Cat Nignats. Yeah, these pages of like 20 panel comics. It's for himself too. Like there wasn't really a place to put these uh, until those underground papers started up. And maybe that's where some of these uh, saw print the first time. It's really wild. That's almost like Glamour Puss. The, uh, it is. <laughs> Dave Sim got hold of this. It is. Catalog. And then I'm like, Tino Rama, like, is this like a very illegal magazine he had oh, or something? Oh Do you think that's drawn from a magazine? That's not just an all made up, like a, like a mock-up fake? Let's hope it's fake, man. Talk about it, huh? <laughs> watching Man Ben. Oh, look at that, dude! It's like a proto Zap Zap mm -hmm. One uh, thing. Watching Watching Man Ben, uh, where very often Irasawa uh, would get into conversations about, you know, the material that shows up in the comics is really our fetishes, you know, like and and you try to you try to obfuscate that a little bit sometimes to just throw people off the scent so that you can't speculate. But this is a naked situation. Crumb was not expecting for this. He didn't draw this for there to be inevitable sketchbook collections. When was that ever done? You know, right. may, maybe for Picasso or somebody? It's so neat. You know, all of his lettering that shows up in here, it's, it's exceptionally, I don't know, man. It's almost like a savant. Yeah, the yeah. ability to just letter in a sketchbook like this. I or, mean, or to draw a comic that I assume it's all straight to ink. This is this is savant work. You know, like that's a that's a great adjective to use on the guy. Yeah, and I don't want that to um imply that it's not like he's look at the work he's putting in. Oh, this yeah. is in addition to a million covers, I a think, million comics. I think pages. that's the savant part. Like it's it's to be able to to the exclusion of all else put your mind in that place to just sit down and do the work like that's the savant part not necessarily the craft portion of it the ability to do these kinds of like title lettering treatments the outlines of like block lettering i love that stuff so much and i can tell you it's really hard to do oh, especially like it's little 3d kind of stuff yeah and it's all well balanced you know the the the, the what is it the kerning and all that is is correct yeah i wonder if some of that's picked up from his time at hallmark yeah, American Greetings. Or American Greetings, because some of the lettering feels that way. It's like, uh, you could almost imagine it being treated that way. This is that famous image from, from the documentary where he was drawing this, and some little girl came up and was like, oh, wow, I love that. And to him, it was like the darkest part of modern America. <laughs> but she just thought it was like so cute and happy. And I think there's a hypodermic needle in there somewhere. Not sure. <laughs> But he really set the stage for like what a sketchbook could be and i think it actually um was what's the word man it, i think i think it caused some trauma to cartoonists like who felt like every page of the sketchbook has to be a masterpiece there are those guys out there and it is the worst thing in the world to get hold of one of their sketchbooks feral dalrymple sketchbook oh, yeah. man it'll, it'll break your spirit <laughs> and i think when he was here it was like for a month and he filled up a whole black right. and white strathmore sketchbook yeah there's a reason he draws better than me and it's it's those sketchbooks and sketchbooks of material um but it's wild to see that stuff 
and we have a long history in comics now of sketchbook reproductions, yeah. whether you're doing the best of, uh, you know, and really cooking the book, so to speak, or if it is people that are just, they're living their life in that sketchbook. Imagine if these are, if these books are cooked and so, and for every one page you see, there's one that isn't in here, then that just is even more amazing. That's funny. <laughs> wow. He invented Keith Haring. Is that crayon? Looks like it. Just goes to show you, man, the tools don't matter. I also occasionally I'll see bits of like uh, what I think of as like, oh, that looks like Mobius or something. You know, where it's it's almost a clear line and, and a lot of complexity in the line. Yeah, yeah, all, all this drawing. stuff would be considered clear line. I think every image in here. See, this is that thing that Alex Toth talks about. Like when you're using reference, it makes you just understand how the world works if you're using it correctly. You know, these axles feel right. Mm -hmm. Well balanced. And look at how, well, like, you know, kinetic these these wheels are, but it still feels balanced. Yeah, he must have drawn that at some point looking at stuff, maybe old westerns on TV or something when he was a little kid and just figured out the mechanics of it. And it's almost like once you figure it out, you're good. You know, like you can apply that. That was fun to see pencils. Yeah, I think uh, these would be like the 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 sort of cover sheet to letters he would write to people. That's nuts. <laughs> wow. A lot of those are collected in the uh, complete Crumb comics in, in the first two to three volumes. That pile of humanity. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things impossible to draw a bunch of prone bodies and now they're intertwined with each other and they've all got to be to scale it's not like there's a big looking foot sticking out of there or a head that's too big yeah like and, how do you do that and, and and probably not penciled right and then this oh he's he's on it dude mk ultra that's a bad day yeah. mk ultra baby straight up yeah yeah <laughs> nightmare shit he's he's been compromised by the feds man they got him. It's so many ideas that feel like this is a piece of a comic or this is a piece of a composition. Right. Yeah, I mean, what is a sketchbook? It's an idea book. It's 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 where you, you, you put stuff down and, and maybe you use some of that in the future. Like, he'll use this image. Like, I mm -hmm. recognize that. That'll be a fake ad in something. That's a fun combination of pencils and ink together. You don't see it much. No, you don't. These remind me a lot of the uh, the wear sketchbooks because mm -hmm. there's so many comics in those. Ooh, playing with brush. Or maybe not. Maybe it's like some kind of... Because it looks like a crayon at the edges, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Some of it definitely looks like ink, but I don't know about all of it. It's also the argument for like best letterer in comics. Oh, yeah. That's like, is, like is this the genesis? Like, is this the first time he used this imagery in that type? You know, that phrase could be. What a cartoon figure! <laughs> and it's so well balanced. That's what I mean. It's 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 so like when you hear Bigfoot cartooning, that has a lot of range in terms of quality. Like that that is such a good drawing. When you get a hold of these old underground comics, like like the 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 uh, peripheral guys that are trying to do their crumb, it, it makes you understand. And appreciate Robert Crumb's work so much more because there there are uh, innumerable amounts of these like Crumb wannabe underground comics, and you just see through all of it like they don't have it, man. 
barely even the surface elements. I would always try to copy like his shading. Yeah. Because it always looked so good to me. Yeah. And it would just be like lines coming up, you know, on, on one side of perpendicular lines coming off of one side of, of the, uh, the outline, the figure seems basic. Try doing it. The, yeah. The way he does it, it just, I, I have a theory that his, his lack of vision, you know, he has these Coke bottle glasses that magnify your eyes. I always had this theory that like, cause like I have very bad vision and if I just like soften the focus or, or like lift up my glasses, like he's putting down like smooth grays yeah. to his bad vision. And then it just turns out that way. Like, I think he's using his bad vision to, to his um, advantage. You might be right. And the fact that he's using Rapidograph for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. We spend so much time looking at this stuff and laboring over like the style, that very surface. What tool are you using to get that mark? And it feels like he's not fussing with the mark. Yeah. But, but, but also like, and that's the sketchbook, right? But he does not use that in the printed stuff. So like, so like Zap Comics, that's, that's a, uh, that's game time. And he is using that stuff. And that's a, that's something I dealt with uh, Jay Lynch uh, about because he did like very detailed, like complete finished comics, as far as I'm concerned, for me to use as roughs when he and I were collaborating on stuff, but it didn't meet his standard because it, 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 w it wasn't professional tools. It wasn't publishable tools. Um, those guys, they still, you know, come from a place of Harvey Kurtzman and Walt Kelly and Carl Barks and and you use brushes and you use pens and things. So in the sketchbook, that's his place to, to fuck off. But but this is what his version of fucking off is. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. This would be the stuff that I would see where it's like, oh, yeah, I can't. If that's what cartooning is, I just can't. I'm not there. Like, but, I won't. I can't get there. But there is a part to it. I get what you're saying, but there is a part to it that inspires me to draw. And it has right. to do with the wobbliness and the yeah. rawness. I can manage one drawing. Yeah. <laughs> it's whenever you see like page after page where it's like these elaborate comics that yeah. are just in a sketchbook. I'm not sure I'll ever be at that point. Yeah, yeah. You like you know you if you got it, you got it. I think he finishes this like like does that in a more finished state in uh, comics. I, I seem to remember a version of that. Like, how don't you publish that on know, a cover? Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how much... Is there a more finished state? Is that image capable of being in a more polished, finished <laughs> state? That part blows me away, too, because you think of, like, again, the volume, right? We're going to go 400 pages or something in this in this book, and this is one of how many volumes? Yeah, six volumes. So, in addition to the published, polished comics yeah. and stuff... It just, it, it blows my mind. This is uh, finished, like, w we see a different version of this exact comic in Zap Comics, I believe. Like, do you think he's drawing a page like this in a morning? But yes, I do. I do too, and that, that hurts my feelings. Yeah, he ain't that watching really, TV. That really bothers me. He, he, he ain't <laughs> right. watching TV, and he ain't playing on Instagram, you know? Like, this is how he, he, you know, decides to spend his day. Right. No nonsense, you know, like like Aileen said that that the mom, that her mom thought that he was uh, handy capable when when she first met him because he just kept his face in that book. Oh, we're getting there, dude. Dennis Hopper, freaking Peter Fonda era. Yeah, I think people for a long time, even when I was kids, they thought of that meant that you were like checked out and distracted and whatever. And like there've been research done on that where it's like, oh no, that doodling. 
is a way to retain information better. Yeah. Like in a meeting or in a class. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So it's him with his head down like he's checked out, and really he's probably getting more of what's going on than the people that are staring at each other. I mean, does it work this way with you, Jimmy? I take a look at the pages that I've drawn, and I could t- I remember what I did that day on almost every page I've ever drawn. It's like it's like a scrapbook for that only I could decipher and understand, man, because like like I knew where I was when I did this. I knew what was happening, you know, on the news, and that's for every page. I have I don't have that at all. For me it's like I did that page that day. Like everything else was checked out. My door was closed, you know, I wasn't watching anything. Mhm. Like that's the record of the page. That's incredible the logo. Yeah. The way he bends letters around and can do the different size lettering. And again, if that is straight to ink, like I would have to measure all of that stuff sure. out. I think that uh the back cover is Zap 2. He does a more finished kind of version of of this mm-hmm. piece. Sometimes it looks like the drawings may be enlarged for the sketchbook. This you print. think so? Sometimes the lines look heavier. Yeah. So it's possible he's you know got a different pen, but it wouldn't surprise me if that maybe that's a smaller sketchbook or a smaller page or maybe a blown up piece from a page. Yeah, they would do stuff. You know, like in some of those sketchbooks, uh, you, we see stuff that was being drawn in the Crumb documentary, and when you see it in the documentary, it's on lined paper. You know, like like a composition mm-hmm. uh, hardback journal thing. And those lines, double, double lighting. Yeah, dude, that dude, this is so great. Uh, like I corresponded with Spain Rodriguez whenever I got started, sent him a bunch of my comics and shit. And and then he, he, uh, sent me back correspondence and was like showing me faces lit a bunch of different ways and how everybody's like, he and Crumb spent years like trying to understand the Wally Wood double lighting. So that would be like an example. Cause that looks almost like it's drawn from a comic. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, this full color stuff's beautiful. It really is, man. It's way playing around with magic markers. Yeah, it's what it looks like, right? I mean, just like your shitty regular magic markers that pull the black ink, you know, with the yellow. It almost makes you wonder, like, when they got pictures of this stuff, because wouldn't you expect that to just be a mess? Right. Not too long after it's drawn. Yeah, the cool thing is, man, with that kind of thing, is like, it's never having the light hit it. That's true. But it's still, I, I would expect it to, like, I don't know, bleed, I, 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 just be junk. I have markers that are fully faded in, in 20 years, you know. Yeah, and I can't picture him finding archival markers in 67 no. to draw this. No. Here's an example of like your, where you can actually see the width of the page. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Just a just a brain and hand that that, that that can't quit, man. Yeah, the value stuff really spoke to me when I first discovered Chrome. But do you see he's he's figuring out the hatching more and more. Yes. He's 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 becoming who we recognize, you know, within four years of sketchbook woodshedding. Yeah, you can really see it on some of this where he's like bending his lines now to to uh mirror the forms, especially the rounded letters. So you see this right here? And you see the the spider webbing and shit. I remember him talking about this. It might be in the collect, like an intro for something. Uh, this is what happens, people, when you take your rapidograph on an airplane. No way. Uh, because the air pressure just fucks up the internals. You have to completely take it apart down to that little wire because the pressure that's built up in there. When you start putting in new ink, it'll just drip. Like it just 
fucking yeah. drips at the tip and you have to keep that thing moving it's why the rapidographs are not part of my process anymore sure they are very temperamental man that's a sensitive instrument yeah yeah i've, I've, I've had like maybe three or four in my in my life man because when they get clogged there's there's no save in it You know, that's a version of that double lighting that we saw. I, even the face is kind of similar. It is, man. With the with the influence of, like, those um, Victor Moscoso, Rick Griffin, psychedelic posters of that era. Yeah. Marrying up those colors that you would never think would work. That's so interesting, the poster stuff, because, like, that heavy outline, that feels like a very graphic line, like a different thing that he's bringing in. That's cool. That's one of the fun things of looking at a sketchbook is that you get to see some of the experiments or like, oh, went to went and saw a poster exhibition or hung out with, with Griffin and came away, you know, with this stuff in my head. I think in uh, comics we see a more finished, polished version of this strip in something. Maybe Zap Comics. Thank, thank, thank the Lord, man, for, for a complete Chrome Comics, dude, because it would be impossible to just like try to find all of all of that material on what your own. What an undertaking to put such a thing together. Yeah. It seemed like he did covers and art for every single newspaper, you know, not non like regular newspaper in America. Like you'll see stuff from all kinds of like Buffalo or somewhere. Oh yeah. Almost like planting that seed of alternative underground comics. Iconic. <laughs> See, that looks like a heavier line, right? Yeah, but I don't think Marker it's a blow up. Or something. Yeah, I don't think that's a blow up. When you see him look through his stuff in the in the documentary, you'll you'll see pages like this where he gets a new pen to test out or something. Grab something off of someone. Mm -hmm. Every time he draws this guy, I think it's Terry Zweigoff. There it is, man. Volume one, dude. So humbling, so enjoyable, extremely inspiring. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to process. And there's five other volumes that we could look through, man. So share these videos, like these videos, get these uh, numbers up, man, so that we just have an easy excuse to look through volume two, man. Because the, the craft just gets tighter and more beautiful, and the imagination never quits either, man. Good to go, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. Tell the people what's out there, Jim. Hulk Grand Design Monster Madness. The comic books are in stores now. The oversized Treasury Edition will be in stores in early 2023. Need to pre-order that thing now to add it to your shelf collection. Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, back in print after almost a year away from Image Comics. That is eight full-color stories of the homeless ninja on a skateboard. And join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics and see a lot more of my comics and art. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Red Room, the Anti-Social ne Social Network trade paperback is in stores uh, as we speak. Each uh, book collection contains four issues of Red Room comics. All those issues are self-contained, but these book collections have about 70 pages of extra material that you won't be able to get in those uh, regular comic books. Uh, support the projects, keeps the lights on at the kayfabe uh, offices, and uh, if you hit up my Patreon, you for three bucks you get all of this material and i'm serializing the next round of red room comics up there as we speak two pages a week uh like i said three bucks for all of that man it's good value jim what else do we have out there man subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise fanny packs and more at our spread shop in the links below this video another great way to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel given those marching orders will be on our way make more comics